welcome back to a brand new episode of the Carefree and Black Diaries, where we discuss various topics like pop culture, news, politics, and more. I am the host of this podcast, and my name is Shakira. So if you're new here, go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe. Go ahead and subscribe. So you'll be notified every single time we have a brand new episode here on the podcast. And if you're not new, if you're true to this, Welcome back. Thank you for coming back for a brand new episode this week. So I want to ask you again. I ask every so often because it really helps me out. Um, If you have not already rated the podcast and you've been here for a while, I'm just asking you, you know, a quick little reminder to go ahead and give us five stars on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast. If you're listening on Anchor, if you can give us a favorite and give us an applause. If you're listening on Apple, if you can give us five stars and a good little, you know, a quick blurb. Um, telling people why you think they should listen. I would really appreciate it because it helps us out a lot and it helps grow our family here on the podcast. So I don't have much for carefree updates, but we're still going to have them. Um, I only want to talk about one thing, to be honest, and we're just going to talk about it really quickly before we hop into today's topic. So, like I said, I don't have any real, I don't have any real carefree updates this week. I only want to talk about one thing really quickly because I have been binge watching Pose and I just caught up to the latest episode from last week. So now I'm on track to watch it on Tuesdays at 10 o'clock when it comes on. So I'm watching it, right? And I realize, you know, I'm looking at the credits and stuff and I see that the creator is Ryan Murphy and I'm like, Ryan Murphy why does that name sound so familiar so I google him quick little google search and I see that he is the creator of not only Pose the creator of American Horror Story which is I'm sure where I saw his name because I love American Horror Story um he is also the creator of Scream Queens which was a tv show that had Kiki Palmer on it and also the girl from um she was on American Horror Story and she was on a show I used to watch when I was a kid which was called Unfabulous. What is her name? I think it's Emma Roberts. So he was the creator of that, the creator of Nip Tug, the creator of Glee. So this man is, you know, on one when it comes to television because he creates shows, he writes, he executive produces these shows and everything else, right? But this is not about him. This is not about him at all. This is about the show Pose itself. Um, One of my friends, her name is Abriana. She was telling me, Shakira, I really think that you should watch this show because you would love it. And it's not that I was hesitant to watch the show. It's just that I hate starting new shows when I haven't finished other shows. So there are a lot of other shows on TV and also on Netflix and Hulu that I have like picked up and haven't really finished them. And I know I'm not the only person in the world, you know, that does this. I just really hate starting something when I haven't finished another show. So anyway, I was like, okay, let me just watch this show. So I started two days ago and I just caught up um, this morning, you know, while I'm recording this episode, I finished this morning. And y'all, why didn't anyone slap me and tell me to sit my behind down and watch this show? This show is so good. Oh my gosh. Like, and I don't know if it's because I'm like a a film kind of nerd or like I'm really just interested in film and television and production. But guys, the wardrobe. So it begins if you aren't familiar with Pose, which you should be, which is why I'm telling you this now. Um, if you aren't familiar with Pose, it starts off in the 80s, the late 80s, and it tells the stories of different 
people of color that are part of the LGBTQ plus community, right? And this is in the 80s, so this is not, you know, set in modern times. But when you are watching this show, you will feel like you are back in the 80s. And season two begins in the early 90s. I begin, I believe it begins in 1990. And you will feel like you are back in time. When I tell you the cars on the street, because I, I look at everything when I'm watching shows, like the cars on the street, the wardrobe, the hairstyles, the makeup, the lingo, I mean, everything just pulls you back in time. And I am not a child of the 80s, but I felt like I was just watching everything from that perspective. And the show is so good, not only just in wardrobe and production design, but in writing the writers. Janet Mock, who is nominated for an Emmy, who I mentioned in last week's Carefree Update, she is a writer on several of the episodes, along with um, Ryan Murphy and a few other people. But the script oh the script is just superb like i can't even think of another word the script is amazing it will make you laugh it will make you cry i have cried several times while watching the show and let me just say my favorite character i believe that you know pray tell poppy blanca and um angel can do no wrong in my eyes and i also have a love-hate relationship with electra i do have a love-hate relationship with her because you know she just really grinds my gears sometimes but when rubber hits the road electra is like my dog like she is down to ride through whatever so i love her in that sense but i also really despise her <laughs> in the same breath but Poppy has my heart and he had my heart from his very first scene when he comes outside of the ball right and he comes up to Angel and Blanca he's like I'm Poppy I was like oh here take my heart run off with it you can have it I don't care I love Poppy and he just had me crying this morning when he was like confessing his love to Angel when she stood him up to go to her modeling gig and he said Angel I am a prize too I felt that I felt that I just want to crawl through the screen and hug him anyway I love I said all that to say that I love Pose and I am a stan of the show now and if it ever ends if anything ever happens to Poppy, if anything ever happens to Pray Tell, if anything ever happens to Angel or Blanca, I need y'all to check on me because I am not going to be all right, okay? I am not going to be all right. I am going to need some consoling. I am going to cry. I am going to need Kleenex. And that is why I came to tell y'all that. If you are not watching Pose, you should really watch Pose. And I think that we may start live tweeting um, during the episodes. We're a little late, you know, but better late than never to the party. Anyway, that's all I have for today's Carefree Updates. Because we do talk about pop culture too. In addition to the news and politics and everything that's going on. Sometimes you just have to just talk about something light. Um... The topic today is how Iyanla fixed my life. Yes, sis fixed my life. So I'm going to tell you all about that because in addition to her fixing my life, I'm sure everything that I'm going to have to say to you all today is going to help fix yours as well. So let's pay these little bills and then we'll be right back. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 
six one since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so today's episode is going to be a little bit different, right? Because typically we talk about different topics, different subjects, things that have been on my mind, things that I feel like you all would benefit from. Well, I still feel like you all would benefit from this episode, but usually it's different topics that... um almost like come to me randomly and I'm like oh we should talk about this on the podcast but today's episode is different because if you all remember last week's episode I said that last minute I think like two days before Essence Fest was supposed to start I decided okay I'm gonna go so I went to the Essence Fest and one of the panels if you don't know if you've never been before Essence Fest um, they have like the convention center part and then they have like the concerts at night. But at the convention center, they have like different panels, different um, round table, almost like discussions. And one of the ones that I went to on the last day was Iyanla Van Zandt. Now, I know that Iyanla is not everybody's cup of tea. I am aware of that. But to be honest, she is really not my mom's cup of tea either but my mom still went to the panel and she said that it was really good and I took notes and I also recorded um the end part of her session because it was just so good and I was thinking a few days ago and I was like you know what everything that I took from that panel I want to be able to share it with you all you know in case you weren't there in case you weren't able to go it was just still so much that I think that you can use that you can digest and intake for yourself so I'm going to be sharing with you um her three-step maintenance plan that she shared and when she came out she was just saying like she like pumped the crowd up, right? She had like a song going and was just telling everybody to breathe in, breathe out. So while you're listening to this, I want you to be um, aware and intentional in your breathing. So just and breathe back in and let it go. Okay, so I want you to breathe, breathe from the stomach, breathe from the diaphragm. And really be intentional in your breath because that's how she started with us. I'm no Iyanla, never said I was, but I just want to share this with you all. So her three-step maintenance plan, and this is for just really maintaining who you are and what she calls or what she called that day, stepping into your bigness. So when she came out, she had everybody breathe. And she was just saying like something big is coming, something big is happening. And she just kept repeating it, right? And in my head, I'm like, girl, okay, like, we get it. What's coming? What's happening? But then after a while, she said, it's you. Like, what this thing that she said that's happening, this thing that's coming, it's you. Like, you stepping into your bigness. You, us, me, we stepping into our bigness. And in order for us to step into that version of ourselves, so that version of ourselves that is done with playing small that version of ourselves that is done with downplaying our skills and our abilities that version of ourselves that is really just proud and taking ownership of who we are as people 
So once we have stepped out of this present version of ourselves and stepped into who that person is, that person that you ultimately want to become, you have to have a three-step maintenance plan to maintain that. And I want to share it with you all. So if you have a pen, a paper, the note section on your phone, however it is you take notes, sticky pad, I don't know, do you? But I'm going to be giving you everything that she told us because I told you I, I took notes. And also at the end of, you know, this, everything that I took notes on. And I'm also going to insert a clip at the end of this um of the audio because i recorded some of well not some the entire end of her speech it's about five to six minutes it's not long at all but it really is something that i think that many of you need to hear because i needed to hear it and i'm going to try to find a way to um add it to like my morning routine or just not even if it's every morning like just some mornings where i just feel down and out trying to listen to that and i'm going to share it with you all because i think that is so important for you to have now i will say that the audio that i have of that clip it is not the best okay it's not the best it is grainy you're going to hear people whispering you're going to hear people talking remember that we were in a convention center so put all of that to the side and just listen to what she had to say i will try to clean up the audio a bit to try to remove some of the noise in the background but i know it's not going to be perfect but i'm still going to insert it anyway so you all can hear so on to the three-step maintenance plan so first thing she said there are three types of maintenance you have your regular maintenance your preventative maintenance and your corrective maintenance so with your regular maintenance she said that this is keeping yourself out of your head without adult supervision and i love this so much because she said you know when you have a child right and you send them in a store or whatever and you send them in there without adult supervision it's no telling what that child is going to do in a store so this is the same thing with you with me with us like you have to keep yourself out of your head without supervision and she said you have to have a mental maintenance plan so whenever you think something or think about something that causes you pain stop yourself in that moment and think of something else and she said also be mindful about telling the story that upsets you so if you're taking notes please write that down be mindful about telling the story that upsets you and she said be mindful about why you're telling it and who you're telling it to um, it doesn't mean that you can't tell the story, but know that when you tell it again and again, you're imprinting the trauma and pain once again. And so when she said that, I thought about a lot of um, different situations and things that have occurred in my life personally, um, different people that I've lost, different traumas I've had, and how me telling the story, so say if I meet someone new, right? And they're like, tell me about yourself. In some kind of way, I end up telling them this story. I've dug up the trauma all over again. So we have to be mindful about who we're telling that trauma to. Because whoever you're telling, it needs to be someone that you trust. Someone that is going to be there to pick you up. Someone that is going to be there to um, allow you to lean on them once you've dug that trauma back up again. And if this is not someone who's going to be able to do that for you, you might want to reconsider telling them your story or telling them the parts of your story that hurt you the most. Um, because 
I realized that when I tell certain stories, so when I tell the story while I'm about to drag it back up again, anyway, I trust you all. So when I tell the story of my cousin, I had a cousin who passed and it's been about, I think it's it's been over 10 years since he passed. But whenever I tell that story, because I've lost many people, right, in my life um, as far as passing. But for some reason, that one just really has caused me the most pain. And it caused me the most pain because I wasn't able to say goodbye. And I, I had a feeling, it's hard to explain, but the last time I saw him, I had like a gut feeling that I needed to go and hug him. And I didn't. So like by me not doing that, it really haunted me. And although I can say that I have not completely um, healed from that, I will say that I had healed tremendously. I have healed tremendously. But whenever I am telling that story to someone um, over again, I am re-imprinting the trauma of that on myself again. And it's not always healthy. So if you have stories of abuse, if you have stories from childhood, stories from a month ago and you're telling those stories over and over again to people you're re-imprinting the trauma on yourself so you have to allow yourself to heal it's very important for you to have someone that you trust that you can talk to whether it be a parent whether it be a best friend whether it be a therapist hint hint we should all have a therapist there's nothing wrong with therapy but someone that you can just unload that onto not for you to put the baggage on them but for you to be able to express yourself and not just have those things build up within but being aware at the same time of who you're telling it to and why you're telling the story and also that first part that she said of regular maintenance which is keeping yourself out of your head without adult supervision we camp out in our heads and i'm saying we i'm dragging myself into this too because I will get so caught up in my thoughts, so caught up in things that I've done in the past that I just wish like, oh, I wish I could take that back. Oh, I remember when I did that. I wish I hadn't done that. And again, re-imprinting the trauma, reliving the trauma all over again when this is something that you could have healed from way back when, right? So you have to keep yourself out of your head, keep yourself in the present and stop reliving old stuff like it's in the past, it's done, you did it, oh well. Like the only thing you can do now is move forward with where you're going now and really take those situations that you had in the past and learn from them to become a better person and to make better decisions. And when you do slip into those um, those habits, really getting into your head about different things, like she said, stop yourself in that moment um, and think of something else. And sometimes you could be maybe five minutes deep into thinking about it. But as soon as you realize, oh, shoot, I'm thinking about this. I'm in my head right now. Stop yourself and think of something else. Go do something else. Go take a light jog. Go fix yourself a snack. Go watch some reality TV. Do whatever you got to do to just get out of your head in that moment. So that is the regular maintenance plan. Her second one was preventative maintenance. Preventative maintenance. And she said, stop messing with crazy people. Like people that make you feel crazy. People that make you think crazy thoughts. Don't invite it over and don't feed it. And I love that so much. Oh, so much because... That just reminded me of college when she said it because 
there are certain people in our lives, right? People that we meet, people that we befriend, um, however it happens. And you realize like, I'm crazy. This person is making me crazy. And even if you don't realize that the person is making you crazy, eventually you're going to see like, I'm not crazy on my own. Like whatever they're telling me, whatever they're doing is fueling the crazy. And that is the source of this. So I need to cut them off in order to help myself. And in order for you to do that, like she said, don't invite it over and don't feed it. And you can take that figuratively or you can take it literally because there are some people that I have had in my life that have fueled my crazy, that have made me feel crazy in certain situations. And I still invited them to my house. I still fed them, literally speaking. And you have to stop doing that. And another thing she said is when you see crazy coming cross the street, she said we feel obligated to entertain people due to our relationship to them and sometimes it's not just relationships like um relationships that we've chose to have with people sometimes it's relationships that we were born into whether it's a toxic parent a toxic sibling a toxic aunt uncle cousin god mama whoever like people that we did not choose you know to be related to or to have relations with um you gotta cut them off whether it is relationships that you have chose to have with people or relationships, again, that you were born into that you did not choose to have. You have to cut them off. And you also have to think you don't have bad people. You have people that aren't vibrating where you are. And I'm going to say that again because when she said it, I was like, oh, yes, that's a good one. She said you don't have bad people. You have people that aren't vibrating where you are. And you have to raise your vibrations higher you have to set boundaries and monitor your interactions with people um because a lot of times those family members you're going to see them at a cookout you're going to see them at a graduation they're going to call your phone they're going to call your mama phone or your mama going to call your phone if she's the toxic one and sometimes people are able to go cold turkey when it comes to dealing with family members or relationships like that but sometimes it's much harder for other people to um really disconnect i'll say from those relationships and if you are one of those people just raise your vibrations higher it sounds really like woo woo you know second mind kind of thing but it's true raise your vibrations higher because you already know that y'all aren't vibrating compatibly like you are on the same level vibrationally most of the time mentally when it comes to maturity whether it's emotional maturity or spiritual maturity and you know you aren't compatible so raise yourself higher even though you're already higher than them raise it even higher and limit your interactions with them so if okay let's use this example if it's a toxic parent or a toxic um family member relationship and they call you you feel like you're obligated to answer the phone. First of all, I want you to know you are not obligated to answer the phone. But if you are still beginning the journey as far as like disconnecting yourself from this person, limit your phone time with them. Say, hey, we got five minutes to talk and that's it. And if they aren't able to understand that or if they start yelling in the phone or trying to make you feel bad about certain things, say, hey, I got to go. Like, hey, I hear you, um, but I have to go and I'm done with this conversation and you can call me back when you are ready to have an adult conversation, period, beep, hang up the phone. 
So that is preventative maintenance. This is what you're doing to even prevent yourself from having to be um, stepping into crazy. The last type of maintenance she gave was corrective maintenance. So this is what you're doing after you already stepped into your crazy and now you got to reel yourself back in. So corrective maintenance, she said, check yourself when you are out of order. And y'all know that's one of Iyana's favorite lines, you know, somebody being out of order. But it's true. We do have moments in time that we are truly um, out of order and we have to be able to check ourselves when those moments happen. And she said, you know, when you're out of order because you have to keep telling yourself that you're right and that other person is wrong. She said, even when you've had like a heated discussion with somebody, um, say if it's at your job, whether it's a friend, whatever, a stranger in the grocery store. And after the situation has passed, it's been two hours or the next day or the next week. And you're still telling yourself, no, I'm right. I'm right. I know I'm right. They're wrong. They're wrong. More than likely you're wrong and they were right like if you have to keep revisiting the situation over and over again and telling yourself that you were right and the other person was wrong hold the mirror up to yourself and be able to check yourself and say you know what I was wrong in that situation I'm allowed to be wrong so let me correct myself so that next time that won't happen again and back to the first one the regular maintenance she said the regular maintenance of the heart requires that you ask for what you want and stop accommodating less than who you are. And she used that in terms of jobs and careers because she said a lot of us, <clears throat> me, hello, me, Shakira here, um, a lot of us are going to jobs every day that we hate. We're going to jobs that we hate and we're waking up and we're dreading it and we're just like, oh, I hate this job. Oh, I hate this job. Um, sometimes you have to be able to leave. To step into your bigness, you have to be able to say, I hate this job. It's causing um, mental havoc on my brain. It's time for me to go. You have to be able to tell yourself when it's time to leave, when it's time to stay. And sometimes that means leaving a certain job, even if you don't have anything to land on, even if you don't have any security. I do suggest uh, having savings and having a means of income before making that decision but she was just using that as an example so even if you want to stay at a job if you're upset about pay you have to be able to ask for what you want and like she said stop accommodating for less than who you are now with that being said in asking for what you want and stopping you know your accommodation of things that are less than what you deserve and less than who you are not only with jobs but also with relationships to other people, with everything in general in your life, you also have to be willing to hear a no. So that's what she said. Um, and that does not mean that you stop asking for what it is that you want. It just means that you ask longer and with more gratitude and also harder than you've been asking before. That is something that I am definitely putting into my prayer routine and also just my meditation and manifestation routines and things that I want. I am going to try to flip my way of thinking instead of seeing opportunities that I felt like I should have been. Honestly, I don't even have that way of thinking. It's a blessing. Um, mostly I see opportunities. If I don't get them, it's just kind of like, uh, what, what could I have done better? But also I think um, 
that is for someone else it wasn't for me it didn't have my name on it but i'm still going to add that in my routine um as far as me asking for different things that i want just asking with more gratitude and asking longer and harder as iyana said so she asked the question she posed the question and i am going to pose the question to you too how many of you are asking for what you really want from a job like really think about it if you're employed if you're not employed, if you're currently looking for a job, like how many of you are actually asking for what you really want? And it's funny because I've been seeing a lot actually on Twitter, on my timeline, different people tweeting and saying that they've had interviews for jobs and the employers have asked them, you know, before hiring them, what salary do you think you should have? And some of them have asked on the timeline, like, uh, do you all think I should ask above what I want to make or below what I want to make? So with this being said, if you're in that position, ask for what you want. Be very specific in what you want because you don't want to ask for less than what you're worth. And then they give you less than what you're worth. And then six months to a year down the line, you're like, man, I should ask for a raise or man, I should have, you know, said in the beginning what I really wanted to be paid. So ask for what you really want. So the last little analogy she gave during her speech was about an olive tree. And she said that it takes an olive tree 500 years to mature. Now, this is something that I did not know. Um, I don't know much about fruit trees at all. I want to learn more. I'm lying. I have never really cared about fruit trees, <laughs> um, only just eating the fruit off of the tree. But she said an olive tree takes 500 years to mature. I don't eat olives, but this story was still interesting to me. So even though it takes an olive tree, according to her, um, I have not researched this myself, 500 years to mature, she said that it starts producing olives when it's about five years old. Um, and she also said an olive tree, like it just worries about being an olive tree. It doesn't worry about a raisin. It doesn't worry about a pickle. It doesn't worry about a banana tree, anything else. The only concern of an olive tree is being an olive tree. And you have to have that kind of mindset in your life too. Like instead of looking at, what Susie or Jack is doing across the street or at your job um, or on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat or whatever, instead of worrying about them, you need to be worrying about you and your development as a person, less about what other people are doing and more about what you are doing. And we say this all the time here on the podcast, like just worry about you, do you, because that should be your main concern. You should be top priority on your list and not anyone else. So, same with an olive tree. An olive tree is only worried about itself. It's not worried about any other kind of fruit, vegetable, anything else out there. But back to its maturity. She said, the older the olive tree gets, the better the olives taste as they mature. So, even though it takes about five years for it to start producing olives, the olives that you eat off of that tree at five years and the olives that you get from that tree 20 years from the five years so 20 years later those olives are going to taste better than those at five years and the olives that you get 50 years are going to taste better than the olives at 20 years 100 years is going to taste better than the olives at 50 years so as the olive tree gets older the olives taste better and she also said the olive tree dies from the inside out over and over again in its 500 years but she said that to say that 
we should know that as we mature and as we get older, your olives are just getting better and better and better and that we have to die. I really love when she said this. She said that we have to die over and over again to certain people, to certain habits that we have, to certain places that we visit and frequent. We have to be willing to die to some things that are no longer suitable to your olives or to your life and your lifestyle and your mentality. Like everything concerning you, you have to be willing to die to certain things. And that's why when you go certain places after a while, say you used to go in your late teens when you were 18, 19, and now it's three years later or two years later and you go back to that place and you used to have so much fun there, but now it doesn't feel the same. That's because you have matured to a certain place that you are no longer welcoming the energy that that place provided. Now, it's nothing, you know, it's nothing wrong with the place. It's not talking down to the place. It's just that you have matured past that. And it's the same with people. Just like she said, like, sometimes you can have relationships with people you don't fall out or anything like that. I've had this happen so much in my life. It's not that you've fallen out with anyone. It's not that you all had a big disagreement or an argument, anything. But you can come back a year later to that person and you're like, man, the conversation is just not the same. Or, man, I'm not interested in talking about the things that we used to talk about or having these same conversations that we had two years ago or a year ago. That's, again, because you have matured past that person or past that lifestyle, past those conversations. So don't keep bringing yourself back to the same place and to the same environments that you have already matured out of. You're hindering yourself. In the long run, trust me, I have been there, done that, not going back. And lastly, she said that the more light you take in, so the more you mature as a person, the more you become less selfish, the more concerned you become with the welfare of other human beings that are taking up space on this planet because we are not in this alone. Like The more you grow and develop, that is the more light that you're taking in. So you have to be mindful that the more light you take in, the more darkness you're going to take in as well or you're going to be faced with. And it reminds me of this quote from a professor that I had at FAMU. And she, I cannot remember her name for the life of me, but it's just certain things that some people say that stick with you for a lifetime. And I remember because she was my freshman, what is the name of that class? Ooh, I I can't remember the name of the class, but it is a course at FAMU that every freshman has to take. Um, All of my FAMUans that listen to the podcast, you're going to know what class I'm talking about. Um, But she was awesome. She was the bomb, y'all. And she said, new levels, new devils. New levels, new devils. So it's not that the higher you ascend, the less you're going to be faced with some BS from people. Is that the higher you ascend, the more you're going to be faced with some BS from people. And you have to be cognizant and aware of that. And also just accept it for what it is. Like, the more you grow and mature, the more you're going to be faced with people that are less mature, less, you know, on the vibrational pattern that you're on. So you're going to have to be just accepting of it. Not that you have to take people's BS, but you're just going to have to be like, you know what? This is just what I'm faced with, and this is what it is, but I know who I am, and I'm not going to stoop down to certain people's levels. So, that was all that I had written down before I started recording the end of her speech. Don't forget 
to stay black and stay carefree but hold on because i am going to add the clip at the end of this um episode because i want you to actually hear from her mouth and hear what she said because it was so good it's not gonna last that long and i'm gonna try to clean up the audio but listen to what she said i'll see you all in next week's episode stay black stay carefree and we'll see you next time in the next episode of the carefree and black diaries bye guys in the worst possible outcome instead of calling in the best. There's a system of consciousness, a way of thinking and speaking and feeding our minds each and every day, designed to keep people, specifically people of color, in a state of fear and doubt. So I want to offer you this, as you leave here today, remember, hear me, remember what you have already brought yourself Beloveds, do your work. Maintain your mind, your heart, and your spirit daily. Because it's rough out here and it's getting ready to get worse. How do you do that? Feel it. If it don't feel right, don't move. Feel it. If it don't sit right, take a breath. Something big, huge is going on. It's you, beloved. It's me. It's we. It's us. So we have to stop acting as if we are small and helpless and hopeless. Here's your greatest tool. I want you to use this every day or any time you feel weak and small and little. Close your eyes. 
and imagine. It's 400 years ago. And a woman or a man that looks very much like you is laying chained in the bottom of a ship. Imagine the strength, the power, the courage, the tenacity, the faith, the trust that it took to lay in the bottom of that ship for months at a time next to someone you didn't know to lay there. Imagine that and hold this thought. I can do that. I am big enough to do this. I can do this. I am big enough to do this. I can do this. I am big enough to do this. If he didn't, I can do this. I am big enough to do this. If she didn't, I can do this. I am big enough to do this. It's in your DNA, I can do this. I'm big enough to do this. It don't matter what they say about me, I can do this. It's in my bone now. I'm big enough to do this. I can do this. Go on and leave me if you want to. I'm big enough to do this. Do this. Hey, I can do this.